Hello everyone, Carter here, bringing you another episode of Out of the Hourglass, presented by Nolan Consulting Group. Today's episode features our Colin Nolan as he joins both Molly and Andrew to introduce SL2 and give a little insight into what situational leadership is and how it can be a game changer for you and your employees. This episode also marks the start of our SL2 series where Colin will be joining us to share his expertise in situational leadership and take a deep dive into the theory. Thanks for listening and don't forget to rate and subscribe. Enjoy the show! Thanks, Carter. Uh, I'm excited to be here today with Colin Nolan. Colin is a Nolan Consulting Group coach and our resident expert on the topic of situational leadership too. Um, Also to note, a certified trainer. Colin, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for letting me be here. So situational leadership too is a topic that we've focused deliberately on over the last few years and incorporated it into client conversations and workshops, several Colin of which you've led. And those, so those who work with NCG currently or in the past will be familiar with the concept. But I think it's important that we get everyone on the same page and understand what we're talking about. Sure. So, Colin, for our listeners, what is situational leadership too? Yeah, certainly. Uh, if you're new to Summit or, or not a part of NCG, this might be new to, to you. So uh, situational leadership too is uh, it's essentially it's a, a leadership uh, program or I guess a leadership methodology um, for how to lead and develop others. Um, so some of the benefits of it are uh, learning a new leadership language. I mean, that's what it is at its core, is it is a leadership language. It's how you lead people. It's a way of talking to people. Um, it'll help increase the quality and the quantity of the conversations that you're having with uh, both your, your uh, employees and even your boss. Uh, and, and the goal of it really is what we all strive for, which is t- to develop others' self-reliance um, so they can execute on their own. How did you become involved with situational leadership? So it was actually uh, Steve Talkington, I believe, was the first to stumble upon it, gosh, maybe four or five years ago. Um, and we immediately gravitated to it. Um, I think Andrew and myself very much so. And uh, then Andrew uh, looked up, and they were doing a training on it. So the the company, so the 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 company that started it, I guess it's uh, the Blanchard Company. So the theory itself is from Ken Blanchard, his Situational Leadership too. He's a pretty renowned um, renowned speaker and uh, author. And uh, Andrew looked up the company, and we saw that they do uh, two day sessions. So I kind of finagled my way in there and was able to attend that two days with him, and kind of my eyes were opened to, uh, to it uh, even more so than before um, and how useful this can be and how important really it is. Um, and then we wanted to be able to teach this to our clients and to really anyone. Uh, so then I went back to uh, the same place in the three more days, so five days in total of uh, training the trainer uh, to get certified. So that's kind of how we stumbled upon it. And ever since then, it's kind of been uh, pretty big in, in all my conversations with people. I mean, it really is pretty omnipresent in terms of how it can in- impact almost every conversation. Uh, probably especially in the current environment. I mean, we've talked as a, as a company here looking at the future and SL2 being a big part of the content that we believe in support. Um, in this current environment, it's it's couldn't be more important. Yeah, I think I've been thinking about this. I think it is more important. You know, we we used to rely a lot. Of, a lot of leaders used to rely on uh, reading body language 
in their employees. They used to rely on kind of being on a job site or being with their employees and seeing what's going on and then leading based off of observing. And, you know, with in today's climate, when Zoom is a huge deal, people are working remotely, uh, job sites are, you know, are limited to the amount of people that can be there. That opportunity is not as, as available as it used to be. Um, and again, the beauty of situational leadership, too, is that it is a leadership language. So it's something you do with people, not so much to people. Um, so kind of as we get into it and as this podcast goes through, you'll understand more what we're talking about. But it's one of those things where it's a two-way street. Um, both, pe- both parties take part in it. And by giving – because it's, it's a, a language, it's, a, it's as if you both speak Spanish, mm-hmm. right? Where if, if, you know, if, if you didn't speak Spanish but I did, we wouldn't be able to communicate. But if both parties kind of know what SL2 is, then you're able to um, have development conversations – um, much quicker, more often, higher quality. So this leadership training is really geared towards everyone, owners, high-level managers, employees who are walking in the door on their first day. You, We want everyone to be engaged in this type of awareness. Yeah, I mean, even if you don't manage anybody, um, being aware of what Situational Leadership 2 is, you can manage up to your your boss, your supervisor, because um, but, you know, when we say it's two-way street, you can ask for a specific kind of leadership, right? So this, this theory really empowers the employees to say, hey, I need you to lead me in this fashion. Mm-hmm. And it gives a descriptor as to what that fashion is. Um, and it, so that's kind of how it increases the quantity and the quality of the conversations, right? When you know a language, you're going to speak it more, and it's going to be a higher quality because, you know, if you're speaking broken broken Spanish, it's not as high of quality as it is if you were totally fluent, right? And something I think that um, strikes me is that it's ever-evolving. And, I mean, we'll dive into this a little bit more as we talk about SL2 going forward. Um, I know you're going to talk about some upcoming podcasts you're going to be holding mm-hmm. on on the topic and the development and leadership styles. Um, but what has striked me is that you, where you are in SL2 can change based upon uh, the task of what you're doing and the environment of which you're in. Yeah, so you, you're talking, now we're getting into kind of the meat of it here, so the, the development level, yep. right? So um, everyone's at a specific development level in any given goal or task. Um, so people aren't at specific levels and competencies. They are, they are developed to a certain extent towards whatever their goal or task is they are currently going after. So everybody's going after many goals or tasks every day, mm-hmm. right? Um, so to get really basic, you know, uh, someone might be somewhere along their development towards, you know, sanding or caulking. Somebody might be, that same person could be in a different development stage when it comes to spraying or whatever. So each person is at a different development level for any given goal or task. Um, so it's constantly moving target. We are all always going to be yep. at different development levels. And that's why the language piece of this is so, so key, right? Because when you're, when you're having a one-on-one with, with someone you're leading or with your boss, you can touch on several different things, goals or tasks that you're striving to achieve really quickly going, yeah, I think I'm this, I'm a, so what we, I'll get into it now. So D1, D2, D3, and D4, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the four development levels. And you can go, I think I'm a D2 here. I think I'm a D4 there. I think I'm a D3 here. And the boss is going to then lead that person differently in all three of those goal or tasks. 
because they are at different stages in their development. So they need different things. Um, so that that is kind of uh, the beauty of it is it's, a, it's kind of a never-ending, um, I guess, struggle, if you will, to, to constantly nail down where someone's at in their development level because it is a moving target. And I think because of that, there's so much to understand. Um, and as you take a look at what your team looks like and the tasks that you have, where you know being able to diagnose where where people are and where those tasks stand, I think uh, some upcoming training that we are offering, um, as well as some podcast series, um, can help with that. So, Colin, can you tell us what yeah. do we have coming with Situational Leadership Two? From yes, MCG? we're we're trying out this um, virtual boot camp uh, for Situational Leadership Two. And it's, I believe it's the first day it is July 14th. Yep, that's correct. Tuesday, correct? July 14th. Um, so if you're part of Summit, then that, that obviously is available to you. Um, I've, I've been testing this out. So st- again, to, to mention Steve again from Lancaster Painting, I've, I've been working with him and his team uh, for the past two months or so in a similar kind of format, and it's worked well. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of open it up to uh, the rest of, of the Summit group. Yeah, so for those who are a part of Summit, um, this we've mentioned this before in some of our recent communications, but Colin will be leading his virtual boot camp starting on July 14th with the primary session and then doing a couple follow-up sessions the week or two uh, following after. Mm-hmm. So if you are interested in that, please reach out to us. We'll ha- be happy to get you regist- registered for it. Um, outside of this boot camp, we are also going to be doing a podcast series on SL2. Yeah. So there's four development styles, right? D1 through D4. Um, and so naturally, there's four different ways to lead those development styles. So there's really eight different th- things you need to know, right? You need to know what the four development styles are and the four different leadership styles. Um, so we're going to be doing a podcast, an individual podcast on each of those. So eight in total, um, at, at least eight in total. We may do one to summarize it up in, in the end, but... Uh, so we're really going to go in depth on, you know, what is a D1 and kind of cover every facet of it. So to give people a really good in-depth understanding of uh, all these weird uh, all these weird uh, letters we're talking about associated with numbers, right? It can be a little weird at first. Mm-hmm. No, I like it. I mean, it's definitely a topic that I know probably top level about, which I think is what we're even covering here um, on this first kind of overview podcast. So I'm excited to kind of take that journey with you and understand what those different development and leadership styles are. Uh, we will be releasing those about once every three to four weeks going forward throughout the remainder of the year. So we, we hope you guys tune into those. Um, but like I said, this really is just an overview and kind of a, I don't want to say a tease, but a, a good kind of intro as um, what's to come. So Colin, thank you for that. Yep. Um, now, we like we said kind of at the beginning, this is not the first time that we've talked about SL2. We've been incorporating it into client conversations and workshops for quite some time. Um, so just to give a little bit more of a glimpse into the language and the theory, um, we wanted to kind of bring back some conversation that Colin and another NC co- NCG coach, Andrew Amrine, previously recorded. Because we think it provides a good high-level view of the core functions. Um, Colin talks a little bit more about D1, D2, D3, and D4. And we'll just begin to set the tone as to what's to come over the next few months. So take it away, Andrew. So Colin, you have uh, done situational leadership training a lot. We have done it for a while. It's been probably two or three years since I went to that five-day class on it. Yeah. So 
Describe, can we walk through each of the four levels? How would a person recognize, how would a leader identify? Can you do it through observation? Can you, can you, well, you can the, observe? A good part doing. of it's uh, observation. I mean, moving from D1 to D2 is all observation. So even before you talk to the person, you can observe what they're capable of. Right. And have an idea of where they ought to be. Yeah, of course. So describe the four developmental levels. Right. So you got D1, so the enthusiastic beginner. So they're brand new to the goal or the task. Uh, they don't know what they don't know. Uh, they have some expectation about how the, the job or task is going to go, um, but they're really excited about it. So think a brand new hire who's pumped about getting a paycheck or someone who got a promotion. Uh, then you got D2, so the disillusioned learner. Uh, this is the, this is the stage where they realize that they don't know a good deal about what it was, and somehow reality is different from their expectation. The adrenaline of a new job or new it's position worn has worn off. Right, and now they realize that it's uh, it's quite different. Uh, I like to say, and if you hear me talk about this in person, I always call it a dip. It's uh, it's a dip in, into to D2. Um, is it key here for the leader to maybe go back and identify where they were? when they were a D2. So even uh, what comes to mind is, you know, either your first coaching call with the summit coach or maybe your first benchmarking session or your first grand summit. I think I think the and first benchmarking session is probably good. You were all excited. Right. And then maybe halfway through you were like, whoa, I've never done this well, before. Well, the bench, I mean, yeah, that's a great one. I, I, I can think of a couple clients that went into uh, a D2 kind of mindset at the last Grand Summit after going through the benchmarking and, you know, you think you know what your numbers are and then you get into the benchmarking session and people start throwing out some terms like debt ratio and days cash on hand and you're thrown for a loop. Like, I don't know as much as I thought I knew. Um, so that, that's a great example, you know, where, where you now become the disillusioned learner. Now so that's key as a leader then to sort of have that example in the back of your mind to identify with, like, yes. okay, so I know where this person's at. Yeah, and, and it, it's an emotional reaction that they're having, right? Nothing's changed in their competency level. Nothing has changed. Maybe they, they know it's, they've been through a day of work. So they, they've learned a little bit, but not really. So maybe they've worked other jobs, or maybe they've worked for other contractors like yours, but they've never worked at your business. Well, right. So they weren't well, competent before, and they're not competent now. Right, so for, from D1 to D2, there's no change in competency. Um, it's purely a mindset shift. And you can only be aware of the mindset shift when you watch their body language and their tone and maybe they start showing up late. If people show up late two days in a row on their second week of work, ask them why. Ask them if everything's okay. I mean, don't Actually, don't just say you can't do that anymore. You need to show up on time. Figure out what's going on because they showed up on time for the first week every single day. So they've shown they can do it. So something happened. There's a, there's a good chance... This isn't what they thought it was going to be. Exactly. Something different. They're, they're scared to come into work. Which actually is a good example because I've heard you say it before, D2s get fired. Right, exactly. Because we don't take Probably the, too often. We don't take the time to peel back and figure out what, what's going on mentally with them. Because it's a mental shift, and you fail them at that point if you don't pick up on the mental shift. Um, so that, that's all observation. I mean, no one comes out and says, I'm a D2 now. I'm not making excuses for people not being on time, but totally. find out why. Well, n- n- Right. So not being on time is not acceptable. You, but what's also not acceptable is just to just take that as face value and to let them go. So there's something in their mindset that's changed that all of a sudden they're not as excited to come to work anymore. So why is that? Right. Or they're, they're anxious. 
they could be anxious, right? P people don't want to fail. People don't like going to a job where they're uncomfortable. So good they point. show up late. I don't know anyone that shows up to work purposefully thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a bad employee today. Right. right. So we, we need to figure out, I mean, again, some people just show up late because they can't get to work on time, and those people do need to be let, let go. But first, figure out if there's something more going on. Um, so that, that's all observation. And D2 to, to D3 is further is more observation. So much of this is mindset. It, we pay attention to the skill and the ability to complete the skill, but almost more time is being paid to their, their mindset and we call well, it ad attitude, from, motivation. So from, from D2 to D3, the mindset doesn't really change. So it's totally different, right? So from, from D1 to D2, skills don't change, but mindset changes. D2 to D3, the skills change, but the mindset doesn't really change. So this is again where you they're, they've now shown that they're competent in the role, that they can do uh, the job uh, at, at a good quality level, uh, but, but mentally they're not confident in themselves yet. So that so seeing someone go then from from D two to D three, you're actually watching their skills go up. Their and and their mental side go up. So the mental side will fluctuate, right? They'll have two good weeks and they'll feel great, and maybe they'll think they're a D four. Uh, but then something bad happens and they go right back into a poor mindset. Whereas a true D4 would face a mistake and go, this happens, I, so I'm what, good So what do it. you say to a D2 then? The things, you, the things you would say, maybe even to yourself, like let's get him to D3 as quick as we can. Let's Right, and that, that only happens through building competency uh, in the actual goal or task. So maybe you have to decide if you're if you're dealing with a D two, you've got to decide is this is what I'm seeing really fireable, or do I just need to help this person get some some more reps, right? So some, some more practice before you, more. yeah. I mean, is what I'm seeing the result of them really being incompetent, or is it is it the result of them being discouraged and being a disillusioned learner? Can I, can they be saved against it? When, when you talk about SL two, I mean, obviously there's a lot of academia to get into with it. Um, and you know, through a, a one-hour session on it, you, it's really the, 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 as deep as you, as you get on it. It's an academic understanding of it. You get it, um, you understand what it means, but you know, when it comes to putting it into play, it's obviously that's a whole different story. That, that's why we have our two-day workshop on it, uh, to really incorporate it. But um, as, you know, as I've been teaching it over the last few years, there's a couple uh, you know key points that. Um, I try and drive home. I'm not sure if I do a good enough job at it. So that uh, kind of well, what I'm going to chat about here. I've seen you coach it. It's top notch. I think. Well, thank you. Taking it from the academic down to the practical, right. and being in the moment, living it in the moment, and being yeah. able to recognize. Well, there's a couple good companies that are that are doing it right now, where they're making it a part of their everyday training through incorporating it into job descriptions, and they're diagnosing people on one of 30 or 35 different roles uh, or, or duties, rather, that they're supposed to execute. So you know, th that's a really great way of structurally um, incorporating it into the company. So is that where someone should start, is diagnosing? Um, you know, when, when it comes to SL2, just, just starting is, is the first step and committing to making it a part of your company. But... Uh, I think at the most basic level <clears throat> of SL2 is the SMART goals. And I, whenever I talk about SMART mm -hmm. goals, I always start off by saying, 
how corporate speak it sounds, and I really hate it. Um, but you know, peeling back the corporate speak and the and the acronym, and really getting to the root of what the smart goals are trying to accomplish. It's you know, as leaders, you know, the, the whole reason people are working with us is to get out of, out of the hourglass, and we know that in order to do that, you need other people to fill in, and you, you need to develop leaders. So, I guess once you get past the corporate speak, yeah, there's right. real substance there, right? So they don't. What, what's necessary for developing leaders is knowing what you're developing them towards, right? Like, what do people, what do your people want? And getting, getting into that and figuring out where, where your people want to go um, and, and where actually you're working towards. You know, you, SL2 is all about laying the foundation and building the track and getting people somewhere. And SMART goals is, is where you're, you're sitting down, you're saying, where are we going to build this towards? Um, I think one of my biggest takeaways from the class we took was how much is actually not written down. Uh, right. People, there's a, or the, there's a tendency to try to write this perfect goal and not have conversations around it, and they emphasize quite a bit, actually, the opposite, that only two of the five are written down and three are talked about. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right, and I, I don't even think that, you know— writing down the, the, the specific and the trackable is as important as just having the conversation. I mean, too many times people aren't talking to their people about mm. where they want to go because they assume, you know, right? of, of course they would want to become a, a crew leader one day or become, become a field man. I mean, of course they want to do that, but how do you know? Um, so what are the five again? Because they define sure, them slightly differently, right? If you, you can right. look up SMART. So, so SMART, them. so the first is specific. Um, then the middle three that, that you were talking about, which are the conversation, uh, they are motivating, attainable, and relevant. And the last one is trackable. Um, so I guess I've heard the M sometimes I hear is measurable, but the, right. the T, trackable. What, is, what, what Blanchard sense. says is, is motivating because it ha- they have to want it, right? And that's what I was getting to do before. You, know, you may say, I'm, I'm trying to make you a crew leader in my company, but what if they don't want to be that? Um, what if they want something completely different? And there's, there's no substitute for that conversation where you're going to be able to find that out. And so I guess now at least the conversation will be more focused. Right. Because you've got something to talk about. Right. So instead, right. of, instead of a rambling conversation. Getting clarity on what people actually want and then getting buy-in from both parties about, hey, all right, so we, we chatted. This is what you want, and I'm going to help, help you get there. It, it, it allows you to, to have the, the following conversations afterwards and to and to give critical feedback. and So there, I, I mean, you've done the most coaching around this. I, so many questions come to mind. Like, How many SMART goals should a person have? What should they yeah. be? Yeah, so that's a great question. What, I mean, I, I, I think in the conversation you need to uh, find out what the ultimate goal is. You know, kind of like when we work with our clients, we figure out what the three-year vision is for them. And then we work backwards, right? So what's what's their one or three year vision and put a smart goal around it and then work backwards so at, at, is it any, okay to is it okay to go the other way to maybe start with one tiny goal just as a way of getting sure. started sure i i, I don't think up? there's i think there's more than one way to skin a cat i think ideally you're starting though with the end in mind and you're having some long-term smart goal be it a year two years three years and then you're working backwards from there so so maybe with an apprentice it could be uh Paint this window by two o'clock, or install the most basic paver, level, yeah, pavers. And then with the job leader, maybe you have a job leader that is trying to move up, so you have a small job that you're giving them, 
Um, uh, the example I love to give is framing out closets. I, I joke about that with some of the general contractors we work with. So frame out this closet by noon. Um, and then the conversation. Sparkle. But then the conversation is, so what does, what does a, a fully framed out closet look like, right? So you gotta make sure that, that your idea of a good framed out closet is their idea of a framed so out closet. So it's actually quite easy. When you, if you make it, if you sort of bring sure. it down to the here and now, it doesn't sure. have to be this sort of big, complicated I, thing. I, I think though when it, yeah, just just start having, number one thing is just start having the conversations with your people. Um, don't let I'm too busy be an excuse. That's never a good excuse. That's, that's choosing efficiency over effectiveness. It's your job as a leader to develop people. Figure out what you're developing them towards. Have the conversation. You know, do start with just your your top guy. You know, your the top person in your farm team, and write down two or three smart goals, and have the conversation. So let's say you have the smart goal, and now you're having the conversation, diagnosing them. Where do you think you stand? At this point, maybe you've had some training, so the person would need to understand what the four levels are. Yeah, I talk a little bit about this when I when I do my presentations on it. You know, getting other people to understand the terminology of SL2 is not always easy. I mean, um, a lot of people can get confused with the D1, S1, S4, D4, right? There's a lot of different words there. Um, but when you're having the conversation with them, instead of saying, you know, you're a D1 here, so I'm going to treat you as a D1, just describe what a D1 is to them. You know, say, so, so you're brand new and excited, so I'm going to treat you like you're brand new and excited. So I'm going to give you a lot of feedback. I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to be doing uh, at every single moment. Because I'm trying, trying to build your competency in this. Um, and that's a long way of saying I'm going to treat you as a D1. I guess one, one question I get a lot is, well, what if you disagree? What if, what if, what if they, they think they're more confident than right. they are? That's just, so a lot of times when you're hiring employees, they'll say, yeah, I know how to do this, this, and this. And you, know, you, you take it as verbatim and you make a mistake. Um, so at that, at that point, you really just need to slow down and say, uh, you know, what, what, what can we do in the next two to three weeks to verify that your idea of this job is the same idea as my idea of this job? Whether it's, you know, a skills test first day or, you know, putting someone at a lower pay rate or assuming they're at a lower rate until they've proven. Uh, or, you know what, even just assuming that they're correct for maybe a day or two while I'm not watching them closely, but telling them up front that you'll be reevaluating their skill level at a, so, a weak time frame. So if we go back to the closet, maybe maybe they think they're more competent than you think they are, and you're going to come back and check on them, maybe sooner than they yes, want. Yes. So okay, I won't give you direction. You're always, but I'm going to come yeah, back and check. Yeah, especially with D ones. So you, you should always treat someone as a D one if you don't know if they don't have any goal or task specific competence, right? So even even if you're giving them the benefit of the doubt for the moment, you still are having some. S1 leadership qualities and the key quality of an S1 leader is staying connected big time and constantly circling back and being aware of what's going on. Uh, so absolutely, especially in that case, you want to you want to stay real plugged in with them. All right, we hope you enjoyed that little glimpse into Colin and uh, Andrew's conversation um, from a few months ago. Uh, like we said, that is only the beginning. We will be doing an SL2 podcast series led by Colin on uh, the eight, basically, development and leadership styles. Maybe addition, additional one to wrap it up, but at least eight, you said, Colin, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and Colin will be deep diving on each of these, each of these styles and really getting us um, to understand 
what they mean, how to apply them, how to look at your team, um, and how to look at yourself as a leader and the tasks that you do. So we do hope we do hope you guys join us. As always, if you have any questions, especially about SL2, please reach out to us. Uh, Colin, you are, like I said, the resident expert. So yeah, I'm always happy to to uh, lend an ear and, and help you diagnose or help you work on a leadership style. So feel free to, to use me as a resource. Yeah. Well, thanks, Carl. Thanks again for being here, thanks and we look me. forward to kicking off this SL2 series. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm located outside Philadelphia, PA. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.